What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing Adeoye Jr. What's up, Tim? What is up, Bless? Joining me as well, the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. What's up, Tim? What's, What's up, 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 Tim? Tim? What's it's up? great. That's going to be in my head for the next week and a half, man. <laughs> Every mode, single everybody. time. Go watch Party man. Mode. <laughs> nice little earworm. Uh, and rounding out the group today, we got the big daddy, Greg Miller. Hello, Tim. Hello, Greg. How are you? Haven't talked to you in a while. I'm good. It's good to see you. You ready for SummerSlam? Oh, I'm ready to SummerSlam. For people that don't know, Greg and I are going to WWE SummerSlam in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeehaw! You know Music what I mean? City, ladies and gentlemen, we're going there, and they're not going to know what hit them. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm so excited. What, what are your hype levels right now? Oh, off the charts. You kidding me? Yeah. I love Nashville in general, but to go with you, Jen. Yeah. Gia, That's my thing. Ben, I know this, this is a dumb thing to say. Dumb thing to say, but I, I mean you it. Been in the nanny you're going? Yeah. I, I'm more excited to hang out with you than I even am for SummerSlam. I feel like I need some good quality Greg friend hangout time. And I'm about to get that. So that's been Yeah, we haven't cool. talked since you came over that one day for a barbecue and we then only talked about work and we worked. Wait, yeah. Greg, but you like the TV show. Nashville. Nashville. I love the TV show, Nashville. But, I went there, yeah, years ago for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you've been there for that. I've only ever been to Nashville inspired by both my love of the TV show Nashville and when Mizzou was playing Vanderbilt. Oh, okay. Okay. Good to know. Uh, but I, I teamed them up where I went there and I went early. And so I got to go to the Bluebird. I got to go to sets. I got to hang out with Chip. I got to see, I got to meet Connie Britton, had a great time. And this then will all my be dumb... on the test for listeners in the future. Exactly. Oh, then all my Mizzou friends came and we went to the game and had a great time there too. Oh, okay. Cool. 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 But now I'm excited to go back. I've been building a Google Maps thing of all the places to go, hitting up my friends in the restaurant and cocktail industries to get oh. great recommendations. That's exciting. You know what You're else is exciting? Steak. I haven't been on a flight in in years besides the SGF one to to LA, which was like sure. super quick. This is a this is a real flight. This is like four yeah. and a half hours, something like that. Hundred percent. About to bust out this baby. Woo-wee! Nintendo yeah. Switch OLED. You know what I mean? It's not. A well, don't forget too. You did volunteer good. to hold Ben the entire time. The so whole time. You're, I don't know how much time you'll be playing. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll figure that out. But uh, I can't wait to Andy get into neon white. Oh bit. shoot! Yeah, yeah about Timmy. That. Bless, I'm a little excited to get a little into Live a Live that you're going to talk Hell about yeah. later on this show. We'll see. Hell yeah. Great times abound. Of course, this is the kind of funny games cast where each and every week we talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. You can get it on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast. And we'll be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad-free, if you wanted to watch it live as we record it, and if you want the exclusive post-show that is the greatest video game game show in existence, kind of beauty, you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Delaney Twinning, James Hastings, Casey Andrew, Gordon McGuire, and Al Tribesman have done. Uh, and I'll tell you right at the top of the show, not enough people mm-hmm. are watching kind of beauty. Because I just have had just a dominant calendar year mm-hmm. in kind of feudy on Bless Who and everything else. And I really don't get enough praise for it mm-hmm. on Twitter. And Andy, as you know, I was trending on Twitter yesterday, but I'm not trending for being great at Bless Who, which I should be trending for as well. I don't like I mean, you with that championship belt. Well, you should come take it from me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Couldn't even beat Johnny Ace, you clown. <sighs> 
man. Of course, you can go watch the the season finale of KFW as well on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games right now. If you don't have bucks to toss our way, that's totally cool. You can use our epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support us. Uh, but enough of that. Today we're brought to you by Chime and MeUndies. I'll get to that later. I wanted to tease for a conversation we're going to have later in this episode. The topic of the show. Give me a Greg. Uh, we're doing a cinematic universe thing yeah oh whoa whoa that was cool thank you so much for that a rare appearance of it on the kind of funny games cast uh but we're going to be talking about can video games have a marvel cinematic universe can can it can it happen will it happen we're going to talk about that later but first we're going to talk about a whole bunch of our thoughts about video games starting with roller drome i've been obsessed with this ever since i first saw it not too long ago i feel like there's been talk about this game for a while i totally missed out on it until what was it the state of play state of play that happened yeah where they're essentially like yo it's tony hawk's pro skater mixed with that the slowdown mechanic of you know aim to shoot of of a max Payne, of a breath of the wild right that whole thing uh and guns so i'm like cool what this sounds fantastic does it feel right? That's always my most important question when it comes to a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater-esque game. Uh, but before I give my thoughts, I'm not the only one that's been playing it. Blessing and Andy have both been playing it as well. Andy Cortez, I want to start with you. What do you think about Roller Drone? I am loving the video game. I think it's a lot of fun. It's engaging. It challenges you and has really awesome sort of optional challenges to do while you're in these missions. What Rollodrome is about is um, it's the near future of the year 2030 and the government's all screwed up and they have people essentially riding roller skates and shooting, I guess, these military uh, people. And it's kind of like a running man, you know, Not military uh, people. Uh, I, I don't know what the hell they're called. They're just no, I know, they're, I know. It's funny what it's the game it's calls just, it in-house players, which is a interesting name for military people. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's very like, you know, uh, future apocalyptic type shit. These are the games where um, I guess this is our main method of entertainment to watch these roller skaters in the roller drum. Um, and it's a lot of fun. I think it has a really good loop to it. It reminds me of um, some of my more favorite mechanics like in uh in death store or hyperlight drifter where you have to attack in order to get your bow and arrow ammo in here you have a bunch of different guns that you can eventually start unlocking you start off with just the dual pistols and you do a bunch of tricks in order to reload your ammo and uh the game keeps on progressively getting more and more difficult and more and more enemies are introduced that really kind of uh are there to just be a nuisance. There's a lot of shit that's just kind of getting in your way. But uh, I think at its core, it is a really fun game that I'm having a blast with. It can start off kind of tough. And then once you start hitting those difficulty spikes, you start kind of figuring out the puzzle of uh, better ways to take out certain enemies without, uh, you know, without wasting a whole lot of ammo. And sometimes some of these enemies teleport Whenever you do start shooting at them, it becomes this big pain in the ass. But at its core, it's a really fun game. The movement is a blast. I I wanted to start off playing this on keyboard mouse, thinking that, uh, you know, the aiming, I'd need to be super precise with it. But as long as you're looking at them, it's sort of like an auto aim. It just sort of auto locks onto them. Um, I think it's an absolute blast. It keeps on getting tougher and tougher. And I really enjoy trying to 100% it and seeing myself at like, 
I'm ranked 10 in the world, baby. But of course, nobody has the game. There's only like 30 people, Greg. It doesn't mean much <laughs> right now. Blessing, what are you thinking about it? Yeah, I'm, I'm also having a, a fantastic time. This is one of those... One of those times where a game so perfectly matches up to what that the original trailer was, because we we all saw that trailer together at uh, PlayStation State of Play. And I think all of us were like, oh, man, this looks rad. This looks really cool. What is this Tony Hawk? What? It's, a, it's an arena shooter. What is this? And then you play it and it's like, oh, this is exactly what the trailer is. Like what the what you're seeing is what you're getting and what you're getting is fantastic. Um, for the preview, we can only talk about the, the first six le levels that we've gotten to play. And I, the thing that immediately struck me about this game was how much it is Tony Hawk. You know, uh, Andy mentioned some of the optional objectives. Those objectives are laid out like a Tony Hawk game where <laughs> it is, hey, get this amount of score for like the pro score, get this amount of score for the expert score. In the game, they actually like, they say, hey, get more points than XYZ person uh, is how they contextualize it in world because you're in this uh, pro circuit of people that are competing in the roller drone. Uh, but like the way the game plays, right? You have your score, you have your tricks that you're doing. It's, it, thro it throws me off a little bit because the, the only trick button uh, really is square. You know, in a regular Tony Hawk game, you have circle for the grabs and then square for the flip tricks. In this game, it is square for the grabs. You don't you don't have any flip tricks because you are rollerblading or sorry, roller skating. I don't know which actually. Um, you're not skateboarding. Um, these, are, these are skates. I'm looking. These are roller these are skates. skates right here. Okay, cool. I didn't have a full screen. I, I didn't take the time to look at the feet of the. You were too busy clicking heads. I understand. Mm -hmm. Ripping them to shreds. The poor trot and head shot. From Champaign, Illinois, blessing out of you. <laughs> but I, that also brings me uh, to another point of this game, which is this game has so much going on, and it somehow ties it all together in such a nice way where uh, it is two games in one, right? It is Tony Hawk, and then it's also this arena shooter. And the way that they make those things kind of play back and forth to, uh, with each other is the fact that uh, when you do tricks, that's how you reload your gun, and that's how you regain ammo. Um, you do not have that much ammo in the game, and you have like you start off with the dual pistols. You eventually get other weapons, uh, but you only have a certain amount of shots in the dual pistol. It is not that much. And so as you're going around, you're taking out enemies. Once you get low on ammo, you have to go through, you have to do the tricks, you have to do the grabs, you have to uh, rotate and get that score up in order to then regain your ammo and then continue taking out opponents. And in each of the levels, you have two goals, basically. Your first goal is to take out all the enemies uh, that are in the game. I'm sorry, that are in the arena. And then also uh, your goal is to fill, fill out all the objectives. Like Tony Hawk, you want to get as many of those objectives done as possible so that you can unlock uh, the next level or the next set of levels. Uh, and it's constructed so smartly in a way that, like, it, it just comes together beautifully. I don't know how mm -hmm. they thought of this no, totally. and were able to just execute it on it and have it just work. But I've been so impressed with the game. And the visuals, I think, are, are really dope, too. It has kind of a, a, a unique style to it. Uh, it looks like um, Sable, if you played Sable. It has that mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. art style. Um, and then music-wise, I think music is maybe the one thing that I wish was a little bit more uh, inspired. It has a techno soundtrack, but a lot of it feels like somewhat you know basic techno. I, for a game that is trying to be Tony Hawk and also trying to be this fast-paced arena thing, I, I feel like you could I, you should either go like oh let's go for the licensed rock licensed hip hop let's get weird with it or let's go for more interesting EDM let's do let's do something like what, what uh, Neon White did with drum and bass or what you see a lot of these arena games do with their soundtracks and really get um, uh, crazy with it or get more inspired with it I think that's the one thing that I'm not loving as much but overall so far I'm having a blast with this video game I wanted to point out one more thing before Tim gives his thoughts. Um, there are two sections so far where you are in first person mode and you're kind of 
walking around these back offices that seem to be kind of like these are the administrative offices of whoever kind of runs the roller drum and you have your lockers. And I think it does a really uh, it, I wouldn't say great job of world building. I'd say a really efficient job because mm-hmm. there's little notes here and there that just kind of show you. But uh, that they'll show you exactly what's happening and what who who the competitors are and who the corporation wants to make the face of sort of uh, the roller drum. And like, we think we should push this person because they are really, uh, they're great on camera and they're uh, really skilled and stuff like that. Um, I think it does just enough for me to also really love that sort of role-playing vibe. Like when I, reminds me of being a kid and playing a sports game as a kid and being like, wow, that's Andy Cortez, a shortstop for the Braves. And he's got a huge career in front of him. And it's it's just, I loved kind of hearing and make believing that I was actually in this world. And the fact that you are this character, Kara Hassan, and the media is talking about you. It's similar to like in 2K when you see people tweeting about you and stuff like oh. that. It does just enough to kind of not only make me feel and or not only make me enjoy the gameplay of it, but actually I want to know the story and I want to see where this is all going because... You can tell, like, obviously it's a pretty corrupt organization and uh, they're introducing some pretty nefarious elements. And I don't know, I just I think it does a great job of just sort of setting the scene. Tim, what do you think? You know, every once in a while, the clouds part, the heavens shine down and they just give Tim Gettys a goddamn video game. And that is what Roller Drome is. I can't believe how much this this succeeded at what it looked like it was trying to be this is a fantastic video game i cannot wait to play more the greatest compliment i can give it is six levels in it didn't even take that long three levels in i'm like what's the platinum on this i'm getting oh my god this i want to do every single thing that this game can offer me like i love it it is challenge based it is the right level of difficult i feel like so far i've been kind of cruising through it level to level but then i look at all the things that i didn't achieve and i'm like oh that's gonna be tough i can't wait to do it like it is such a rewarding loop like uh andy was saying it when I first booted it up like i was saying earlier i'm always worried about the feel of a tony hawk game tony hawk It's up there as one of my favorite franchises. You guys all know that. I talk about it so much. I just love how tight it feels. It Tony Hawk feels for a skateboarding game as good as Mario feels as a platformer. It's doing exactly what you want to do at all moments. You know, you are fully in control. And other games have come close, but very few have ever matched it. I feel one of the only ones that have matched it are aggressive inline back on the PlayStation two. That was another uh, rollerblading game and it was, it was tight. It was fun. They just nailed the, the momentum of it all. This game does that in a way that I didn't expect, which is this controls actually very different than Tony Hawk. You're using the analog stick. You're not using the D pad. And immediately I was like, Oh no. This is going to be the thing that ruins this game for me. It's not going to feel as tight as Tony Hawk because it can't because it's an analog stick. That immediately, immediately after one level left my brain. This game feels exactly how it should, introducing the shooting mechanic. Holding down that L2 button, it going into the slow-mo, and you having to do the tricks to get the ammo to... Uh, to kill people but on top of that you see here there's a ton of these like rockets that are coming at you and you have to to dodge them it is just constant fun it reminds me a lot of doom of yep. the doom oh. 2016 where you're kind of you're constantly jumping around you're Having shooting that dance just, it's that beautiful yeah. dance and it's that it's 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 the the incentivization to 
keep moving, to keep going, be aggressive, you know, and at the same time, be stylish, baby. I love that. I'm with blessed that the thing I'm liking least so far is the music. It feels more like it is sound design as opposed to like music. Um, But I love the levels. I feel like this is just such a, a beautiful tribute to, old styles of video games like this this whole little area here it reminds me of like time splitters too like there's just like such good nods to uh things that i've loved so much from video games past but it has the arcadey goodness that i always love from video games but it feels modern it feels really good switching between the weapons as you're you go up a ramp turn over shoot with the dual pistols change over to the shotgun get that guy because his shield's about to build up so you switch into the slow-mo Oh my God, man. It is fantastic. I think that the another slower bit for me is what Andy was talking about, these first-person moments. I don't think that I love them, but Andy saying the word efficient, I think kind of really changes the way I think about it. He's right. Like It does a good job of building the world and making the arcadey gameplay feel like it means more than it actually does, uh, where you're just skating around shooting people, but having those moments of like the corruption and all of that, they don't give you all these crazy cutscenes and stuff it's kind of just like dialogue you see or a little bit you read i think they might have been able to do a better job gameplay wise instead of this awkward first person thing but it's over within a minute if yeah it's basically to. a walking simulator uh greg you're walking around just looking at an item and some of the items you can just read on the whiteboard because a lot of these rooms that you're inside of look like the marketing team is sort of planning this event and they have all these little sticky notes all over the the board and everything. You can just read the whiteboard, but uh, there's tons of items around the world that are you just click on, you look at, and it gives you a description of what it is. And yeah, I don't, I kind of feel like it's enough of what it is, Tim. I I feel like if it were anything more, it would have been neon white for me, where I was like, I don't want to sit through these uh dialogue uh moments i could just fast forward which again credit to neon white they just let you fast forward through all of that um but in here i i kind of just enjoy getting little tidbits of what's actually happening in this sort of fucked up year 20 uh 2030 which i remember when we were watching i was like damn that's not too far off they're (laughs) they're really (laughs) predicting the worst here for us (laughs) and honestly some of the stuff there i i think is uh not not necessarily interesting you know there's not been much that i've read through during those segments where i'm like oh yeah i want to i want way more of this but there have been moments where i'm like oh shit what's going on like there was a moment where i was walking around as car hassan and i like go up to a door and i hear arguing behind the door and i'm like what is who are who are these people and what are they arguing about and then i walk to another door open the door and then immediately it starts the next level in this one in a very smooth transition where i like super smooth open the door into now you're skating and i'm like what the fuck is this like they have yeah. those moments that they build in that i think makes it really cool and that's the thing is the presentation of this game is i mean you can kind of see it even looking at it we bring up sable but like it being this type of game that is so the the kind of the gliding right there's a lot of just like momentum to the to all of it those transitions between where you think you're in this kind of slow story beat to oh no you're back in the action you better get ready because there's rockets coming at you and you need to do some tricks right now like i love it that it keeps you on your toes and it's so fast paced and i think that's another thing for me that uh, i'm a little not in love with is the the grinds i feel like the grinds um slow you down more than i'd like i kind of wish that they gave you a bit more speed like tony hawk does um but i understand why they did it because there is the arena aspect you have to 
play with as well here, where this is not Tony Hawk. Like, I want everyone that is looking for another Tony Hawk experience to understand you're not getting that. The tricks are fairly limited, not just in the amount of buttons you can press, but even in just like what they're actually doing. You're kind of always doing a same variation of tricks over and over and over. Um, but it's less about that, and it's more about combining that with the shooting elements, which you were doing so in tandem that it almost feels like it's not separate parts where i don't look at it as skating and shooting it's always like you're doing both at the exact same time weaving it into the combos and seeing the combo multiplayer come up there is satisfying when you're also killing motherfuckers like it's just such a a cool dynamic that i never really expected to see in a in a game and i'm surprised that it works as well as it does tim are you happy about there not being a punishment for bailing i love it Thank you so much for bringing that up. It reminds me of Tony Hawk, especially in some of the levels that get a little uh, more out there. Um, Barrett, the level that you keep showing uh, with the gray outside area. Yeah, thank you. There is a ton of, there's a giant jump here where you're jumping between two big areas and you can totally fall off of the course. And the game doesn't care. It's just like, okay, cool. You you die for a second, but then you come right back. You're punished a little bit if you're trying to get the 100% uh, um, challenges and all that stuff. But the momentum of the game isn't just in how it moves. It's the pace of it all where it's like, it's not trying to get in your way. You know, it's trying to help you have fun. And I love the, you even see it there for a second on the the left, the the weapon wheel pops up where you then use the D-pad to switch between the different guns. It's really incentivizing you to, uh, keep moving and your your hands are constantly moving and that's one of the things i love most about tony hawk yeah Plus, and, and and just a comment on the bailing part i also meant that like not just jumping out of the arena but if you do too many spins or too many flips in tony hawk you're hitting the floor and you're boom you're fucking dead or what you know your combo's done you have to get up back on the skateboard and here you just kind of roll and you just go right into the next thing so like it does it doesn't punish you for getting to, um, I guess, uh, overconfident in what you can do on that one jump. It doesn't punish you if you happen to like, oh, I'm not going to nail this flip right now. I'd be I should be landing on my head and totally just eating this. But they're going to let me just roll out of it and continue with the gameplay. Yeah. And I think it has such a strong understanding of what it is and how like in a in a game like this where there's so much going on, especially in terms of the action in the, sh- in the shooting. If you if you were bailing every now and then, it'd be like, oh, fuck. All right. Let's so get back frustrating. Up. It'd be so frustrating. That's why I'm, I'm also down with them not having the balance get meter good. for the, the grinding. <laughs> the grinding is a little bit too easy, but like I, I think it's fine. You know, that's another one where it's like, do I what I really want to manage another thing? Because this game has so much for you to manage. And to Tim's point about yeah, how no balancing. Yeah. Yeah. No balancing. And to Tim's point about how in tandem the the combat is with with the skating. Another thing I do like is how they handle uh, the combo meter uh, where you see like the number counting up for times two times three times four on your score. The way that that number goes up isn't the same way as in Tony Hawk, because in Tony Hawk, it is the more different moves you chain together, the higher that combo goes. In this game, it is for the more people you kill as you're going, that's how that, the, the, the score goes higher. And so like, if you don't kill somebody within like five to 10 seconds or whatever, that score might go down and then you are resetting that number. But if you kill one, if you kill two people, it's at, at times two. If you kill three people, it's times three and so on. So if you're, if you are just on a murder spree, right. And you're, and you're, and you're killing it and you're also nailing the moves that then ups your score. And the objectives oftentimes, like I mentioned before, are, you know, get a hundred thousand points, get 200,000 points, get a certain amount of score. And you are going for a leaderboard and high score stuff as well. And that is such a great way to bring that together where 
you know they they know it's not Tony Hawk. They know they can't go uh, get into that that level the level of depth because of how much is going on, and they find ways to make up for it. And it feel and the solutions they find, I feel like, are so good and make the whole experience even way better for it. Yeah. Having said that, it would be my favorite game of all time if it was just Tony Hawk with the balancing with all of that and just add hold L two to shoot people. Oh my so god! Difficult. Maybe the sequel. <laughs> maybe add a difficulty mode. I don't know, but that would be so damn cool. Greg Miller. My questions about it are watching it and listening to us talk about it. That there's two extremes where I wonder, number one, does it get repetitive ever? And just because you're just doing the same things and you're, I feel like skating games can do that, right? Where it is just like, okay, I'm doing the same Ollie nose grab, safety grab, whatever to do the thing. So you're kind of mindlessly playing. And then also, does it get frustrating of just like, I can't, like, I'm not getting enough points. I'm not advancing. I'm not, this sucks. Uh, I'd say, the re- I, the repetitive nature for me is you know inherently my fault because i'm replaying the levels to try to beat my last score uh and when you're done you get the you get the d rating you're like can i get up to a c and you get up to a b and you're like oh shit can i push this to an a and what do i need to do uh to push it to an a or maybe even an s rank and all of that is just with the multiplier on the right that you're seeing um i don't find it boring or sort of monotonous yet um, and I've replayed every level, I'd say on average, like maybe five or six times. A um, couple of them more, a, a more, some of the more recent ones, I'm sort of going about it the way I did with Neon White, where it's like, okay, I should probably try to beat this game instead of playing the first several <laughs> levels a million times. Um, I'd say the only frustration I get is that uh, some of the enemies near the end are built and designed to frustrate you and make you take longer. Not that they are okay. more bullet spongy. Some of them are, but, um, uh, you know, to keep that multiplier up, you have to kill things faster. And some of the enemies that you meet near the middle of the game, uh, you shoot them once and they teleport to the opposite side of the fucking course. And there are ways to combat that and sort of um, make that... Uh, or, or There's ways to help mitigate those yeah. those issues. But, yeah, that's the only frustration I get of... But that's me score chasing. Like I can just move gotcha. on to the okay. next level if I wanted to. It's more I, of me just making it uh, frustrating. You did this to yourself. Yeah. And I also think like, the the vibe I get from the game is that it's going to be pretty short. Um, like again, we we've played through the first six levels, and I don't know how many levels there are in total. But like for how quick is go it's going, and where we're at, where I'm at, like I guess in like the flow of the game, I'm like I wouldn't be surprised if this game is this is me throwing out whatever, but like maybe five hours long, and I think that's okay because of how much of it feels replayable and how much of it feels like it's meant to you're meant to go back and get the challenges and chase the scores the levels sure. themselves also aren't that long they're like in, a, in an arena i want to say i'm spending like five minutes uh about uh to do to, to go through a level and so i'm i'm going on to the next thing pretty rapidly um and then i'm off, like andy again i'm often choosing to go back and like replaying stuff but the, none none of that is a must unless i'm not getting enough challenges and if you are paying attention to the what the challenges are uh, on your first run it's pretty easy to go through and, and get a lot of the challenges and i share some of the similar frustrations that andy mentioned in terms of bullet spongy uh, uh enemies like there's an enemy that has a shield where if you don't take them out fast enough uh they'll bust out that shield and that shield is then kind of difficult to to, to get down at least cool in a timely down. manner uh for you it's to more of a time thing combo. yeah <laughs> yeah because it's not like it's not that tough to beat them it is it's, it's tough to beat them before your score um combo meter goes up and that's kind of the challenge to it but i think 
the way to mitigate it might be changing weapons. I'm still early in the game trying yeah. to figure out how that stuff is. So I, I imagine that like maybe for one enemy, the double, dual pistols is actually the way to go to get them down mm -hmm. faster. Whereas for another enemy, it is the shotgun. Whereas for another enemy, it might be a, a different weapon. Um, there are some and... challenges that l sort of nudge you in the direction, which is, I, I think, yeah. another really smart design mecha uh, design thing is that uh, there are there will be other challenges as you keep going that kind of help you beat enemies faster and it kind of unlocks that thing in your vein of like oh shit i can do that um and it's just really smart in that way yeah shooting the shooting the grenade launcher how to do it and while it's in midair then switching to slow-mo switching a pistol shooting them yes. so that when yeah. they're getting hit by the pistol then the grenade hits them and then they're out in one shot it's just it it's so brilliantly done i think it's satisfying and it, it you're andy you're so right it teaches you and i think to to grace point about the, the does it get frustrating does it get kind of old like i think that there's always it, it's one of those beautifully designed one more match type games where when you complete the level it immediately starts giving you your rank and there's this bar that starts filling up and it's one of those like you know when you play a mobile game and there's like one star two star three star yeah, yeah. and you see it start filling up and it's so fast you're like oh my god i'm in a three star and it's like it ends right before the three star and you're like yeah. well, i guess i'm going back i gotta i'm so close i gotta do it it's that type of game and it's the the best of those type of games where it does kind of teach you exactly what you need to do to do better the next time and then you take that knowledge and it'll make the next level even better for you because you know how to take down different enemies <clears throat> use your kind of weapon set and your your trick set and all that stuff differently i do think that uh and this is coming from somebody that admittedly is biased as hell towards a certain style of uh of skate game Skater. uh that you know tony hawk two minute timer on that stuff there is this like crunch mentality of like you got to fit it all in as fast as possible this game with the five minute levels I think so far it does feel a little longer than I wish it did. And I do think a lot of that is less bullet spongy and more of what Bless and Eddie were talking about, where it's like sometimes the cool down of if you mess something up and it's not even mess something up. If you just don't perfectly get them from an angle, even if you weren't facing them, so you wouldn't even know they're there. And by the time you look at them, their shield starts to come up. You're like, ah, well, that's going to add 15 seconds to this run <laughs> of me kind of just running, like skating around just to let this like come back. That can get less fun. Um, but I feel like that doesn't take away from my overall experience of this. Um, I I'm excited. I haven't been hit with the wall yet that I'm like, oh man, I don't know how to do this. And I'm hoping that it happens. Uh, but also like, this is my type of game. So I, I don't know that that's necessarily criticism because it is, fun as hell for me to play and they they nailed it in a way i didn't expect them to i really hoped that they would so can't wait to keep playing it but it's coming out in just a couple weeks august 15th i think um playstation 5 and pc at the very least okay. i was playing on playstation 5 what about you guys pc uh i'll switch back and forth between pc uh steam deck and ps5 there you go. I think I'm gonna continue playing on playing on uh, PS5. I don't know if it's, it's optimized for the Steam Deck yet. Uh, I, I might need to dig into some of those settings to figure out certain things. But PS PS5, I think for how smooth it runs and like the the frame rate and all that, it, it, it's pretty great. I mean, the it's a pretty sense. it's a pretty minimal game, so I don't think that they're. I think I see what you're saying though, optimized for that actual piece of hardware. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it should be fine, um, especially with just how it feels controls wise. But. 3D audio and DualSense are fantastic oh. in this game. 3D audio, hearing where the rockets are coming, I was like, this is so damn cool, and it does help with that, what I was complaining about <clears> a second <throat> ago of 
you're not even looking at the enemy, but there are their shields coming up, that type of stuff. Like, you know where things are. Uh, so that's really cool. And then on top of that, the dual sense, the haptic feedback when you're running out of ammo, you don't even need to be looking at your ammo count because you're focused on the skater itself, right? You know, because of the controller, I need to start doing tricks. I need, like, they do a yeah. good job of it feels cool. different when you're getting low on ammo. So that's really, really cool. We're going to keep talking about cool video games, but before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. Are people still trying to make plans with you this summer as if you aren't booked and busy already? You're just going to have to tell them to try again in the fall. You've got pool days, pride parades, bachelor parties, and beach vacations waiting for you because when you're living your best life, the last thing you want to worry about is butt sweat. I'm Greg Miller and my butt never sweats because I wear MeUndies. You've heard it a million times. I like MeUndies so much from the first pair. I bought a whole bunch more and threw away the rest of my underwear. They're the best. MeUndies has the lightest, most breathable fabrics to keep you cool and comfortable wherever you go. From undies to brawl to socks, to loungewear, to swimwear, you can find something for all your plans. MeUndies also releases new prints all the time, like their limited edition Pride collection. Find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small to 4XL. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off. For a limited time, if you sign up for their free-to-join MeUndies membership, you get 25% off your first membership item. To get 15% off your first order, 25% off your first membership item, and 100% satisfaction guaranteed go to meundies.com slash kind of funny that's meundies.com slash kind of funny no one likes waiting on a paycheck especially when you've got bills due good thing there's chime now you can get your paycheck up to two days earlier with direct deposit that's up to two more days to save pay bills and generally just feel good about your money situation but chime is about more than just getting paid early it's also an award-winning mobile app checking account debit card and optional savings account so what are you waiting for hopefully not your paycheck Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at chime.com slash kfgames. That's chime.com slash kfgames. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancor Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on your payer. Now that we're back, Bless, you played a game that I'm surprised you played through. Live really? a live. I yeah. want to hear all about it. You gave your review on TikTok and all that stuff, but you haven't properly talked about it on a show. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I believe it's called Live Alive, according to exactly one Nintendo video that I, I, I watched. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you know, uh, no, Live Alive is really cool. So I gave it the review on TikTok. I gave it a, a five out of five. Uh, I think it is a fantastic video game. Um, and funny enough, I think this kind of confirmed this game kind of confirmed to me a uh, a genre of JRPG that. I do genuinely love and it is that like earthbound undertale like the weird quirky jrpg that has a really good sense of humor live alive kind of fits into uh that category for me uh what it is for people who might not be familiar with live alive right it is this it is an hd 2d game right so think about octopath traveler think of triangle strategy it is in with, within that brand of video games it looks incredible has excellent presentation all that for nintendo switch um the premise of it is it's essentially like an anthology game where you have seven different storylines that you can hop into. Uh, each of them are part of a series of vignettes, uh, and each of them take place in a different era. And so you have a present-day story where you're playing as uh, this 
fighter who street fighter style is going through like is traveling across the world to fight these different warriors so he can be be, be the best warrior uh you have a caveman caveman prehistoric story where you're playing as a caveman who uh kind of gets into like this ro romantic thing with uh a, a woman who's like part of a rival tribe or whatever and i love that one because there is no dialogue in that like the because it's a caveman they don't really speak uh the the, the way that he communicates the characters communicate really generalizing here are, huh? listen all right we don't know about those cavemen <laughs> uh no the way they communicate with each other is via like emotes and so you'll see like you know um them like make expressions at each other via the the, the dialogue box as opposed to actual text uh Laugh, but crying emoji yeah, like that kind of thing. Um, but then you also have the a far future story, which is uh, uh, a scenario where you play as this little robot named Cube that a, that a uh, scientist makes uh, that is like on board a ship, and there's like a conspiracy happening within the ship. And that that scenario is like a couple hours long, and it has no combat to it. Uh, each of the scenarios have something that they do that is very unique to what that scenario is. There's another one that is a, um, a it takes place in Japan uh, during like the Edo period. And you're playing as this uh, shinobi who has the ability to hide himself by pressing the, the Y button. Um, you just go invisible because it's like, it's, it's, it's a stealth game essentially. And with that one, each time you get a kill, the shinobi will count up like, oh, I just killed five people. Oh, I just killed six people. Like each of them have a unique mechanic and a unique premise and a unique setup that makes the stories their own and each of them are only a couple hours long like they probably average out at about two hours each maybe two and a half hours each depending on if you're taking your time or not um and with each of them i found that i it it, it, it playing this game took me back to watching black mirror for the first time where uh, you know, I watched Black Mirror and I was like, oh man, episode one was fucking weird. I want to see what the next thing is. Oh man, what an interesting concept. Like, you know, everybody is part of this game show. Let me watch the next thing. And like each episode in Black Mirror had its own thing. I, that, that is just anthologies. Uh, this one did that for me for in a JR, in like a 16-bit JRPG form for the first time ever that I've experienced in a way like that. I'm sure there are others out there, but like Live Alive, I feel like captures that energy where each day I was playing the game, I wanted more and i was like i'm gonna wait till tomorrow i'm gonna play one scenario each day and that's how i went about the game and i had such a blast uh going through it i think it has a good sense of humor i think it has wonderful moments of writing the different scenarios i think uh those different scenarios pulled me in in different ways um and yeah like the, the game has so much heart to it and it it all it all is packaged in such a uh great way that by the end of it i was like man i can't believe they are able to pull this this game off as well as they did so I, I don't want to get too spoilery, but is it really just that this is like five different short games together or are there any connective threads? There there, there are connective threads and I don't want to get too deep in, into okay, some stuff because cool, cool. some of it is like some of it is what you kind of get out of it and like how you like identify certain things in, in each of the stories. But then there are things that in a deeper way, I would say that. Oh, this is a full package. Like one of the questions I'll, Tim asked um, when we were talking about the game earlier is, do you do? Can you go in and play one of the scenarios and put it put it down and be good? And I would say no. Like it is a game that is worth playing through all the scenarios because there is value in playing through everything. And there are moments of okay, this is a full package. This isn't just a pick and choose. This is a this is one video game. But for the way that it's presented, it is okay. I'm starting off and I'm doing all these different things. Um, 
but there are also there's also other bits of connective tissue like the combat system is the same throughout all the scenarios it is this grid strategy based combat system that is super simple you know i'm somebody who doesn't really do strategy all that much whenever i see a strategy like a, a grid combat system i'm like oh i don't know if that's me you know i respect those games but not for me uh live alive has a combat system that is so simple and fun and is taken advantage of so well from scenario to scenario in terms of creating uh different creating different types of combat for that system if that makes sense like the for like the the martial arts storyline that i did the present day one it is very much a okay your attacks are going to hit one square like you have a lot of close range attacks like this is the kind of person this is the kind of fighter you are but then you might pick a different character that uses magic in their combat and because of that all of their moves are area of effect or you might have another character that is a gunslinger like you've seen the cowboy uh, stuff in the, in the trailer uh, that character is all is pretty much all long range um and scenario to scenario they make things feel fresh uh in the in that way for the combat to where it, it, you, you do feel like you're almost playing different games um even though you're utilizing the one combat system which i thought was was pretty impressive it's it's so, weird i thought you loved strategy games because of mario versus rabbits i thought that was your favorite no man that, that no, was your favorite Listen, one day I'll, one day i might play mario one day I'll play. <laughs> i have no problem anymore it. you're gonna love it bless uh but square's hd 2d art style is absolutely incredible you know with octopath traveler it really kind of uh, came on the scene and it was just it blew all of us away but that is a very old school traditional fantasy based game this being a whole bunch of different timelines and a whole bunch of different art styles or i guess not art styles but like just vibes. the environments the vibes yeah vibes yeah. is a good word for it like how often were you just like completely wowed by the visuals of it like do you think that because just looking at this it seems like the hd2d was made for this type of game of like showing off so many different visuals looks yeah no it is stunning uh i was wowed plenty of times with the presentation and i think you're absolutely right that the hd2d works so well for it i should shout out the fact that this is a remake the original game came out i believe in 1994 for the the super nintendo and yeah for them adapting a game that came out in 94 for snes and making it into a new thing it it feels unreal in some ways um because there are some there are some um uh environments that i'll hop into you know there's a there's an environment that is this japan uh castle environment that i am infiltrating as this uh shinobi character and i was utterly blown away by how a lot of it uh looked and then taking that and then um comparing it to the far future chapter where that takes place in a, in a spaceship that is sci-fi that has all this other stuff going on the way that they make both those things pop and actually feel like oh shit i am playing a different snes game now um i i i think they do it supremely well and yeah the hd2d is so impressive with it and playing through this game made me want more hd2d games i was like dude they gotta they gotta continue doing this like i hope they never stop uh doing this i want them to remake chrono trigger i want them to remake earthbound i want the, to, them to remake um a large handful of games that you know not everybody might have gone to play during that era of games that could now feel new because of it it is really impressive Plus, one of the things you talked about in your review, and then you talked about a second ago there, <clears throat> was not being a strategy game fan usually, but mm. this being fun. Is it fun? It's interesting. Is it challenging? The way you talked about it in the TikTok, and I know it's a TikTok, so it's super short, kind of made it sound like it's just something you get through. It's it's not hard. It wasn't. Do you have to think about it, or is it easy? Or like, am I reading it too much into it? 
No, it has moments of, of, of challenge, um, and I did have fun with it. And that, that goes back to the way, the different ways in which they use it and the different ways in which they translate, oh, you're a cowboy gunslinger, this is what combat looks like, and this is what your moveset looks like. Oh, you're a kung fu master, this is what your moveset looks like as this person. And Or, oh, hey, you, are, you have magic abilities, this is what... The, the way they translate it among uh, all these different ways... Uh, always made it interesting and fresh to me whenever I was when I, whenever I was using a, a different character. Um, but then also, it is still a JRPG and it, it still has a leveling system. But because these scenarios are only two to three hours long, the leveling system is much faster. You know, you're okay. probably getting to maybe level ten. You know, level twelve. There was one game. There was one story where I finished. And I was level four. Um, and for the moments where that stuff feels difficult. It, well, it takes maybe a few rounds of grinding. Like it is not, it is not that intensive in terms sure, of sure, getting sure. stuck and then having to to grind like you do in a lot a lot of other JRPGs. If you have to grind in this game, it is pretty easy and quick to do. And then you come back and uh, the challenge is more fair, or you you know you're stronger. Um, uh, and the game also has like the exploration element too, where you are you can go around, find armor, find different things to to equip. Um, but yeah, I think it because it feels like bite sized. JRPGs with this combat system that kind of that kind of allowed the combat system to again feel constantly fresh, but then also not be too um, too punishing um, in any moment because you had that option to go and grind for a little bit. So, from a story perspective, using the kind of funny scale, what score would you give this story? This story, ooh, that's a good question. I'd probably give it so, somewhere between a f four and a five. It is going to hit different people different ways. Uh -huh. You know, I, I probably actually, story alone, I'll probably give a four out of five. Um, you know, I, 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 again, I compare it to things like Undertale and I compare it to things like uh, Earthbound, but I'll probably say that those games still uh, exceed the heights, of, uh, um, uh, the heights of this for me. That said, the ending of this game, uh, the way things come together, and like not even the ending, like the last half of it, um, I think it's it's I think it's pretty impressive. You know, I, I I was blown away by by the way it comes together toward the end. And it uh there are bits of writing in this game that surprised me. Uh, because like I was telling Michael Hyam this the other day that you ever like when you're listening to a Drake song and you hear a lyric and you're like, Oh, that's an Instagram uh, caption right there. There are most in this game where I was like, Oh, that's an Instagram caption right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a quotable right there. Like I can take that. that <laughs> yeah. That's so like, fascinating. That's a great question, Tim, because I when I see Blessing's TikTok, I know what type of gamer Blessing is, and I know usually what types of games he enjoys, even though, you know, he enjoys Persona and stuff. I'm not going to say he's never into strategy or turn-based type stuff, but I figured it was a 5 out of 5 because this is a story spanning five different things that needs to be experienced. So, like, mm. what pushes it to the 5 out of 5 for you? I think it is the experience as a whole. You know, the, okay. the story itself, I think it's supremely well done and it comes together in such a special way. But that combined with how good the visuals and presentation are, combined with how good the soundtrack is. Like the soundtrack is done by Yoko Shimomura, who's done Kingdom Hearts and who's done, um, who did this game originally actually back in, in 94, along with a handful of other uh, games that have incredible Final soundtracks. Final Fantasy yeah, like she does does the soundtrack and it is great. Uh, one of the songs in here is, is a song called uh, Megalomania, which it went on to inspire uh, Undertale's Megalovania. You know, like there's a lot of good music in this game, um, but then also the gameplay I think is fantastic, and it's the it's it's the pace of it. You know, it's the creativity in it. There's so many other elements 
outside of story that you know story is involved in but it's the way that everything comes together that for okay. me really does make it feel magical in some moments where i'm like damn they really did this shit i can't believe how good this is is cool. it a game of the year contender for you uh blessing oh i'd say yes you know right now uh, elden ring is kind of is really locked at number one for me but as i was playing through this game i was like damn like i put this i might put this above sifu and sifu i think probably was my number two you know like this is i i, I would put this in competition with horizon for me you know this game is a game that i think i would categorize as special and i i, I think i'm gonna uh, think about this game for a long time you know this is a game that i think i'm going to down years down the line even replay because it I, it did hit the, the, those exact things that I'm looking for in a video game like this, and I and I also don't think this game is for everyone. If you're a JRPG person, I think for sure play this game. If you're a Super Nintendo RPG person, 1,000% play this game. If you're an Undertale person or Earthbound person or that kind of game, for sure play this game. But I also don't know if it's one where I'm like every single person needs to play it. If this is your kind of game, I think this is gonna gonna hit. If it's not, then it could be hit or miss. But um, I think this is one that is is for sure um like it's a hit for fans of the genre plus you know me you know me very well you know the games i like i'm going to nashville and i'm taking this baby with me hell yeah what do i boot up do i do neon white or do i do live alive oh that's tough or that's tough do i do one live alive story and then some neon white dude you got plenty of time how much all my destiny that's a long flight bro yeah. Or do you help office. out your friend Greg Miller and hold his baby the entire flight so he can play some video games, you know? Can you imagine like, me holding a baby? Think about Greg. Honestly, it scares me, Tim. It scares it's me It's scary. Bit. It's really scary. I mean, but Tim, Greg was training yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Thank you for bringing that up, Andy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say you do one scenario on the way there, one scenario okay. back. Now, so if I understand correctly, you get to choose what scenario <clears throat> you start with. Which yes. one do you think I should start with? Ooh, that's another good question. That's another good question. I started off with the present day one, which is the martial arts master. And honestly, that was not one of the better scenarios in the game. That one, it was like, it was fine. It wasn't bad or anything, but it was like, okay, the, the all the other, this is definitely the worst one out of the seven. Um, so I don't know if I'd recommend that one. Maybe How's the Western one? one? Cause when I'm watching all this footage, the Western one's the one that I think draws my eye the most where I'm like, that's pretty cool. Western one, is, Western one is pretty cool. Uh, oh. That's also one of the ones that were put in the bottom half, though. Like the I, See, that's I, where I started. I I booted it up the other day, played like only like ten or fifteen. I did Western, and I was like, eh, I'm gonna move on to something. I'll I'll be back maybe, but I went and played something else that I can't talk about. Maybe do mm-hmm. near future. Near future okay. is pretty meaty. That one might run you maybe two and a half hours to three hours, but that one is also just really interesting, and I think has a lot of fun stuff in it. Um, so I'll say near future. Uh. Yeah. You know what? If you want to, if you want to, to taste the rainbow a little bit, Ooh. I'll say start off with near future and then make your second one caveman, because those are very different. And, and I think those. I'm going to be honest. Like this guy, coin. this kid right here looks like a Tim Gettys ass. Like he's gonna. Like, that's a character. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. That's a Tim Gettys uh, character right yeah. there. His name is yeah. Akira too. Good, oh, good, sick. Now, Love blessing uh, me as a brand new Soulsborne player. What's a good class I should start off with? Oh, this game doesn't have have classes. Oh, okay. Cool. I mean, the classes are kind of predetermined based on the character. Um, but you're gonna feel like that's the question I've answered the most. Is <laughs> <laughs> play, play as a scholar. Play the scholar. I love. It. Any final questions or thoughts on Live Alive? Negatory. Very good video game. Excellent video game, actually. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Now it's time. Give it to me, Greg. 
for topic of the show. Tots, 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 tots. I love it. It's so cool, man. I don't yeah, get to keep see stealing it. my bits. It's fine. It's good. I'll steal until the day I die, Greg. Uh, we're going to talk about the MCU. It's kind of a thing that's been a little trendy recently. Uh, we're going to talk about video games. We're going to talk about the fact that Marvel Games, for the last couple of years, has been slowly building a presence in video games. Greg, you and I have a, that weird random incident, right? Yeah. Where we got invited back in the earliest of kind of funny days to an Avengers Age of Ultron screening. Private screening where, or Age of Ultron ahead of schedule. We're like, yeah, we'll go to that. And it was the the yeah. first private or first early Marvel screening either of us ever went to. Yeah. And we went in, got to watch this movie, and the movie was coinciding with announcements from Marvel about video games. And we're like, what what could this possibly be? You know? Yeah. And they talked about some telltale partnerships. They talked about like some other things, but well, they announced Marvel games. It was, you and, know, it was uh, Bill yeah. Roseman. It was Mike Jones. Who? Who? It, and it was the first, it was like, we walked in there, not aware of what we were about to get into. And then Bill and Mike were there. And then they, I was talking to them and it was like, Oh, this is Marvel. Okay. What's going on. And it was, you know, what I think is a, a very forward thinking move. That was, Hey, uh, we've tried making Marvel has tried making games and giving out their IP to all sorts of people. And they've tried starting their own developers and no one's ever really watching what happens and it leads to mediocre video games. So we're stopping that and we are launching Marvel games, which will be we will be the caretakers and picking the developers we work with. And we will go forward with that. And that has brought you Spider-Man, right? That is it has Wolverine on the way. It's brought you Avengers, <laughs> Ultimate Alliance. Uh, yeah, the Guardians Telltale games for how long it is. Uh, a plethora of mobile games that are out there doing it. Man. But it was the start of all that. It was the start of them really being like, we're not just having some weird Marvel people who don't know video games go get give the license to Sega and you get a bunch of movie tie-in Iron Man games that are garbage. We're going to actually care about this. We're actually going to make these things. Dude, I played the Marvel Guardians Telltale game when I still lived with Kevin's mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus, that was so long ago. Holy time ago shit. For sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, dude, it was even longer ago that we saw Age of Ultron. Like, I, I'll never forget, Greg, us watching that movie and being like, yeah, it was more Avengers. Like, all right. Like, phase two was a different time for what the yeah. MCU was. There was not the same level of excitement, nearly, not even close to what no. we have now. And on the game side, they made these announcements, and we all looked at it and we we're like, okay this sounds great but okay and then we got mobile games there's like strike force i think and like uh or yeah. was that the new one uh but the older ones that, that that they had that people got really into and then we got the guardians telltale and everyone was kind of like eh, eh, it's not really what we're looking for and we had a couple examples of that but then in recent times we got spider-man obviously from insomniac them announcing wolverine spider-man 2 we got miles morales like all the insomniac stuff so far knocking out of the park we have Avengers, which we have fans of here, you know, but a lot of other people didn't really buy with it that much. A huge much. opportunity. I mean, like, absolutely. You, 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 yeah. not, you know, the fact that I enjoy playing Marvel's Avengers and I put a lot of hours into it doesn't sit here and go, man, they nailed it. <laughs> Knocked yeah. it out of the park, right? <clears throat> and then, you know, they, they've been building out too with uh, um, the Ultimate Alliance on the, mm -hmm. the Switch side. We now have rumors this week of a Black Panther game uh being we made had guardians last year at ea we had guardians last year which on the kind of an opposite end we have people here that really liked it some people that didn't like it as much but i think that there's an interesting conversation because bringing up age of ultron totally different time right that was mm -hmm. what 2015 
And here we are seven years later. Like it's nuts. Uh, games have changed. The movies have changed. All of it's changed. We've talked for years, multiple times about what can an MCU for video games look like? Can they replicate the magic that the movies had specifically let's talk about what they ended up doing with phase three and infinity war and Endgame and getting all that stuff can they replicate that in video games should they replicate that in video games all of that we get spider-man that kind of knocked it out of the park and we're like cool when avengers comes is it going to be the same spider-man no it's not the same spider-man we got the hints of oh on the west coast the avengers are doing some stuff but like we didn't really see it come together. Greg, I want to start with well, that. You. Wasn't, they confirmed that wasn't the same thing, right? So that was just an Easter egg toss in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like there, there were those things happening, but it was like, no, these are very separate things. The Avengers are in their universe. Spider-Man's in their universe. Looking forward. Yeah. Do you think Wolverine is in the Spider-Man universe? Should he be in the Spider-Man universe? I don't like the question do i think because i refuse to answer because <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think it's i mean you're just making a bet we're in there's nothing to, you know we're making educated guesses and going off of them right like if you were to do it and have characters share a universe this would be the way to do it when we talk about the mcu for video games right when we talked about man, they're making a Guardians game and they had Spider-Man and his Avenger is going to be in the same thing. It gets way too complicated way too quickly. Because even if you have Bill Roseman and the team at Marvel Games being there and overseeing all these different projects, it's impossible for them to be so boots on the ground, wrapped up in the scripts, wrapped up in the Easter egg dialogue, blog things you're going to collect in the video game that it turns out that there's a reference to Black Cat and this thing that totally contradicts what you saw. In, like That's the kind of nightmare shit that ends up painting you into a corner as a creative, I think, if it was going to be that, oh, this is a great idea for your Guardians games, uh, 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 Square, no, uh, Idos Montreal, right? But Spider-Man is, you're in the Spider-Man universe, and he made a reference to whatever at this throw, and you can't do it, sorry. Like, that sucks, you don't want to do that. But if you wanted to have them share the universe, having everybody under the same umbrella, at the same dev, having Wolverine be in the Spider-Man universe, because it is Insomniac, that makes sense because suddenly I don't think you're talking about we are making an MCU for video games. You're talking about we're in the Insomniacs and Marvel Universe. We're in whatever number they gave the Spider-Man universe. That's the number here. And that gets super interesting and super exciting. And I think that would be a really fun way to do it. And I think that does open it up to Easter eggs, right? Like I don't think that to dial it back. And even if we're just talking about Insomniac, right? The question from the start of it would be, what does having a shared universe add for the player? And I don't think it's building to, it is Spider-Man versus Wolverine. That's the game. You know what I mean? I don't think that's where you want to go. So what is the end benefit of putting Wolverine in the Spider-Man universe other than a cool nod when he looks at the paper and we see the white spider and they reference him fighting Hammerhead or something weird like that? That's where you start getting into what is the end goal with it? Where are you going with it? So could I see it happening with Wolverine and Spider-Man? Of course. It's Insomniac. They're all working in the same building and the same things. They could easily do it and have it be there. But again, why? Like, do, are they, do they worry about painting themselves in a corner and having Wolverine say something that then screws everything up? I don't know. It's interesting you say that because like I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think the video games are so different than movies. And the MCU is such a, a particular specific thing that is – 
in I think the most important thing about the MCU is that it is the modern definitive version of the Marvel Universe. Like Correct. it is a story from beginning to eventual end that is what they expect to be the quote unquote canon Marvel story. The comics will always exist, they will always mean so much to so many people, but to the majority of people, this is the story they're telling. Video mm. games are different, both from a development point of view, but also from a gameplay point of view and what you're saying of what does this mean to the player. Having said that, I think that them being within the Insomniac realm reminds me a lot of the DC universe. And instead of needing to shift the hierarchy of power and all that stuff, there <laughs> are these moments of brilliance with like James Gunn, where James Gunn is working within the DCEU, but he has both Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad and granted, that's a spinoff in a more specific, literal way than we'll bring into <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. But that world, you can totally see existing together, right? Peacemaker and the show and uh, Suicide, the Suicide Squad, the movie makes sense. It also makes sense within a larger universe that, sure, some things potentially might not connect perfectly. But overall, they connect to each other, and that matters the most. Do you think that there's a potential for Insomniac games to knock it out of the park and completely relate to each other, but then also coexist within a greater Marvel games universe with like the guardians from Eidos? I think that's where you get into. I would not do that. It's uh, earth 1048 is the game reverse or Insomniac's Marvel universe. And I just think that that's, silly it opens you up to too many different problems of what is the benefit there of it right like especially you know as much as marvel in general is accepting of the multiverse and able to bring things in it's all it would be so easy to explain if you had the idea for a video game why hey you know what we do want it to be guard the idos montreal guardians and insomniac spider-man and insomniacs wolverine they're in different universes for this argument we do want them all together you can explain that with a multiverse portal and be done with it and be ready to go. It's more, what is the benefit of here and how do you put something in the game here that doesn't distract from what you're doing, right? Like, I think that's the other big thing about it is like Easter eggs and cameos are cool, but if we're talking about Wolverine, come on. Like, there's an endless list of X-Men that you'd want to see in there, or if you're you know, New Fantastic Four, or whatever the hell you're going to do, in the same way for Spidey. Where it's like, if, if you know, I'm looking for a cameo in Spider-Man 2, and I'm already getting so many amazing things in Spider-Man 2, apparently. Like, do I really need to see Wolverine pop up? Be like, well, bub, I'm going off to do this thing in Panama. See you later. And that's what the, like, I don't, you know, like, that's fine. Just what is the benefit of doing it? What are you building to? And I think that's, you know, something we can lose sight of in a way when we talk about uh the mcu right of like it wasn't done just to do it it was to build two avengers and it was you know in the best case scenario to build to exactly what it is now this global multimedia empire that's destroying record after record and gonna go on forever and ever and ever like they were building to something and i just don't know what you would do with the Gamerverse to build to and why you would do it other than to have it be, oh, that's cool, but then also totally paint people into a corner. Andy, you're Yeah, I, th I think the industry is way too volatile and yeah. way too inconsistent to predict, um, you know, we see studio directors leave all the time and we see games get canned all the time. Well, I mean, it, even for me on that, we see so much consolidation, but go ahead. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think there's just too many issues in the industry to really kind of try to have one unified voice or universe. And I think the only benefit uh, of like it, Greg asking what for, I think it really is just the excitement of a cameo here and there. Like Yuri Lowenthal's Spider-Man is in Midnight Suns, but that's not the Insomniac Spider-Man. Yuri Lowenthal's Spider-Man is in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. And I think that's just a smarter way to do it of, man, Yuri fucking kills it as Spider-Man. So he's Spider-Man in all these games we want to do. And it's going to be that thing of, you know, if to use the MCU stuff, he's a variant, right? It's just another universe, another thing, and you get to go that way and build off it. I think if anything, Tim, it could be just teases to maybe um, gauge excitement levels. Like if in if we see uh, in the next Spider-Man game, Daredevil pops up in any way and has a really like key kind of uh, side mission or, you know, Daredevil plays a big part, not in the same way that we saw a uh, taskmaster in the Spider-Man game where it was just like here and there, little small missions. I think if anything, it could be uh, like Spider-Man's out of commission. You have to play as Daredevil for the for this one mission or whatever. That could maybe gauge excitement. Sneaking around the- underneath desks. Oh, gosh. Jesus Christ. Maybe for the uh, it could gauge killed. excitement for like what Insomniac could do with the Daredevil game, possibly. Uh, but I don't see, you know, the fact that one's in Canada and one's in New York. Like, I, I guess they're they're close to each other, but I just don't. I feel like it would be. I feel like it'd be too much of a stretch, you know what I yeah. mean, to like, like the, force it in. And uh, you know, off of that, right? Like as we've been as we've been talking about this, I've been trying to think of ways of, oh, what what a cool crossover look like. And all the ways I think of are ways where I'm like, oh, is that even worth it? Like the the, yeah. the idea that came to mind was, uh, if you could have it so that, you know, Wolverine and Spider Man take place around the same time, and there is one mission where it is. Oh, it's tag team. Spider-Man and Wolverine are working together. And if you're playing Spider-Man, you're playing as Spider-Man. And if you're playing as Wolverine, you're playing as Wolverine for that for that mission. But like both games have that same mission. Even that is like, oh, that's a lot of work, and nobody wants to nobody wants to make that happen. As cool as that would be as a player, I don't know if that will then justifies the amount of dev work and dev time and figuring out timelines of both games and figuring out and, gameplay styles of both games to make them match up in that way. And that's such a shoehorned in thing, right? Like, you know, the trogs have gone off in chat of like wanting to bump into Daredevil, right? Or Human Torch or whatever. Like, I would much prefer that rather than, hey, you know what? We're in the same universe as Wolverine. Let's force Wolverine to cross over. Isn't he in Canada right now? Wow. Well, he goes and does. I'd, I'd much rather it be that Spider Man gets in over his head for real quickly. The tables turn and then it's just poop. The dude gets knocked out with one of Wolverine's sticks, right? Or uh, uh, Daredevil's sticks. Then it's back there and it's Insomniac's Matt Murdock that they've now introduced. They've introduced in this universe, in their game reverse, right? That's what this is. And then if, yeah, we want to spin something out and do DLC for Spider Man 2, that is just Daredevil. You know, Spider Man's missing or oh something God. like that. That'd be cooler to me than trying to force Wolverine in. Even Daredevil, the- Spider Man's missing sounds incredible. Yeah, that's it. That, that's Ted, like, Ted Price, if you're listening, there you go. It's like Mario's missing. <laughs> uh, even on, uh, just thinking about it on like an industry level of like not even just the the Marvel games, but thinking about like <clears throat> could video games ever pull off something as big as uh, of an MCU? And I just uh, Andy, like what you're bringing up of like how um, <clears throat> just always shifting the industry is. 
it feels like almost impossible for it to to do that. Like it's already hard enough on just the dev, like a singular dev level to, you know, continue, a, you know, a, a long going series and keep things in the same universe for something to like pu fully pull off an MCU of video games. You need to have several studios, one person at the head of all of those studios who's also planning like the long overarching thing like a Kevin, Fe uh, Kevin Feige who's also uh, <coughs> like <clears throat> checking in with all these studios. Like you would need a, like a like PlayStation that all they could do is like I, build up an MCU and I just I don't think yeah. it's feasible. I would think that it would, it would need to all be under one publisher and I don't think mm. that anybody wants to do that. Um, and that goes back to Greg talking about consolidation and how like how many third party publishers, uh, big third party publishers are going to be around in the next 10 to 15 years. And if you're talking about building something like this, you're talking about 10 to 15 years at least when it comes to how long it takes to make video games as opposed to movies. You know, if it takes mm. three to four years to make a new Wolverine game or a new Spider-Man game, how many of those are you then going to make to then make an Avengers to then build toward Avengers 2 and all this stuff? Right. And how long does that the theoretical big third party Marvel studio last to actually get there? I, I think that gets difficult. And what uh, about and what about when one of the games is is an, is an Avengers, right? It is a flop. It isn't well received. It isn't it, you know, and it was it was one of your tent poles to build up this universe. And so now you've gone, you announce, let's say, it, let's say it's it, they pick up right now. Let's say Wolverine is a failure, which of course it won't be. It's gonna be fantastic. But there you go. It's been this buildup of we are waiting years to see it. It sucks. Now we have to wait years for the next installment, but how do they counteract the fact that that was bad? What about all the games that get canceled behind the scenes, right? That you right, don't even yeah. know about. They planned it's going to be this five thing, five game thing, but two of those games got through prototype and they're like, oh God, this actually sucks. We don't want to mm -hmm. do this. Your whole thing's fucked. You and, can't and, go that and way. And then you also get into the, the side of the, the reason why the MCU works so well as well is because it had a very low... Uh, uh, barrier to entry, right? Of uh, their the typical superhero movie that every once in a while a movie would deviate from that, right? You get a, a little bit of a different genre mixed into what we now call the 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 MCU type of uh, superhero uh, genre, right? Whereas if you try to translate that into video games, then what? You're just playing like a, a third uh, person action adventure over and over and over again, and that like to keep that same level of like a uh, barrier of entry low, they would have to be the same types of games over and over again. And then like that also, uh, you know, um, kind of just like game development wise and design wise that like becomes very uninspired. And like, how do you retain retention or, uh, or retain uh, attention from audiences? And then if you try to avoid that by having them be different genres, right? And then uh, then people are like, oh, well, I didn't check out this because I'm really not into uh, turn-based games or, you know, I'm really not into uh, Diablo-likes with, uh, you know, the uh, Ultimate Alliance type games and stuff like that. It, that's another weird aspect uh, specifically for video games that I think would be almost impossible to do, to do an MCU equivalent type, type of thing. My, my question then becomes, like, is it possible for Marvel to have the same uh foothold on video games that they do on on movies you know because the movie industry i feel like uh, there's a percentage of it now that is marvel that is mcu you know that is that, that are these movies and right now for video video games it is oh cool yeah we get a couple of first party playstation uh marvel games between spider-man and wolverine now uh, ea has black panther that's coming up that if yeah depending on who you ask could be exciting could be oh man yeah um and the list goes on right guardians and, and all that stuff but i don't think we're at the point yet where it is like 
Oh yeah, Marvel has a foothold on video games. Do you think? Oh, I disagree. I think they do. Oh, you think so? I, I think it's one of those that we overlook a lot of it because it is in fact mobile stuff that we maybe don't care about. But as a DC fan, like I was thinking about this the other day in the shower, right? Of like Batman Arkham Asylum hits. It's a new world order for video games. And WB just moved at a snail's pace to capitalize on that to the point that what am I looking forward to now? Right. I, I, I get Gotham Knights. Okay. Next year I get Suicide Squad, which is based in the Arkham universe. So for this argument's sake, it is just a continuation of what's come before it. Right. And then it's like, I get Wonder Woman from Monolith eventually. And it's like, okay, like what other, where is the Green Lantern game? Where is the Flash game? You get Injustice, of course, but where is the traditional Justice League game I'd want out of that? Like, I think, you know, even I'm looking at uh, Marvel.com and click on their thing, which is by you know, Midnight Suns, Marvel Snap, Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel Future Revolution, Miles Morales, Marvel uh, Conquest of Champions. Like, there is a, and then here's the rest of them, like the crossover with Fortnite they're listing, which they should. Iron Man VR, Avengers, the Lego Marvel Collection, Ultimate Alliance 3, Spider-Man, Powers Un- Marvel Powers United VR, Conquest of Champions, like I said, Future Fight, Strike Force, Puzzle Quest, Marvel vs. Capcom, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale thing we were talking about earlier, Marvel Pinball. Obviously, we are talking about a wide range of, that's a game that is exactly what I think of when I think of a superhero game, and then Marvel Pinball, no fucking way. But to the point, DC does not have DC games. It does not have DC Comics games. You know, Image does not have Image games. There is not a, hey, what do you want? As you know, I mean, like, I'm so lucky that I fell in love with Marvel through the MCU, right? After not being a Marvel comic kid, because, and I guess, you know, the Marvel cartoons or whatever. But like, now the idea that there is at least tons of Marvel games to play. And yeah, maybe they're a card game. Maybe they're a third person AAA, you know, Spider Man game or whatever. But, there is stuff out there to play, whereas a Superman fan, I'm fucking playing multiversus, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I back in the day, I had that shitty MOBA they made, Infinite Crisis. It's like, all right, you know what I mean? Like, where was the forward thinkingness of WB to be like, shit, we just knocked it out of the park with Rocksteady. Hire a uh, uh, Kevin Feige or uh, Bill Roseman for Marvel Games and let's fucking go. Let's get our properties out there. I feel like, you know, there was a time there where it looked like DC had it together to an extent for what they were doing in terms of like video games. And they just gave up that ground. They gave up the high ground and all the, all the attention and energies behind Marvel. So with, with that, I, I totally feel you. I do think that uh, with the, the, mo- the mobile games and things like that, like we all understand, like that is a different conversation. Like just looking at the, Let's just say AAA games, and I, I would even include things like Ultimate Alliance in that. And I would also include sure. things like Injustice in that as well. Sure. Uh, but looking at what they've been, what Marvel Games has been doing, do you, I do you think that they are in their 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 prime? Like, do you think that this is as good as it gets? Like, is no. it going to be? We get the Spider Mans and the Avengers and the Guardians and take all those for what they are, and that, or do you think we're going to hit a point where? we are going to expect that black Panther is a good game just because Marvel games is a part of it. I expect black Panther to be a good game because Marvel games is a part of it. And because Avengers was a bit of a flop. They have learned lessons. Again, this just goes back to the difference between making a video game and making a movie, (laughs) excuse me, and how hard games are and how long they take. And that's not to say movies aren't hard, but you understand what I'm trying to say here in the way that they get going. And like, you know, Tim, we were talking about it. We were there for the age of Ultron. MCU phase two, 
that's when we this initiative for Marvel games launched. And now you are to a point where you look down the barrel of what they have coming out and you are excited about them, right? Because I'm thinking if I look at this, this is chronological, right? So to go in the opposite order, right? Marvel, Pinball, whatever. Guardians of the Galaxy with Telltale, whatever. Capcom, uh, in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Puzzle Quest, Strike Force. Back. Again, yeah. I'm sorry, Infinite was? Yeah, Infinite was back. That was a misstep for the Marvel vs. Capcom. But these are the wobbly steps and crawls you're seeing to get going, right? And so then it is Future Fight, which I think people like, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Again, it's it's fucking mobile. I don't want to play that necessarily. Conquest of Champions, Powers United VR, but then Spider-Man, then Ultimate Alliance 3, then the LEGO Collection, which is kind of here or there. Iron Man VR, which I enjoyed, like wasn't a bad game, had its problems, but whatever. Avengers, which reviewed well swing. for single like, player. The thing about Iron Man VR is it's a swing in the right direction, right? Yeah. Like, and so that's they, the thing is like, you want to talk about swings, then just talk about what you Ultimate Alliance 3, Iron Man VR, Avengers, Miles Morales, the Fortnite crossover, which you can't fucking not talk about how amazing that was. Future Revolution, which I burned out on super quick. I wish I had controller support. I'd probably stick around if it did. Guardians of the Galaxy, which was on so many people's uh, game of the year list and people loved. Snap, which is having a lot of problems right with monetization right now, but it's in beta, so we can't even really say it. Midnight Suns, Spider-Man 2, Marvel's Wolverine. So, I mean, right there, you're already talking about them taking a bunch of lumps, lessons, crawling so they can walk, so they can run thing. But I'm excited for Midnight Suns. I think it looks wacky and and weird in terms of a gameplay thing, but I'm obviously infinitely more excited for Spider-Man 2, infinitely more excited for Wolverine, and then you, like, toss in there Black Panther, Toss in there whatever the next few are going to be. And yes, there will be more mobile games peppered in there. There will be all sorts of you know other things that are easy. You're turning them faster, getting them out easier. But that is exciting, and that is, like I think, telling a narrative of where they're going and the fact that in 5, 10 years, we are going to look back and hopefully be like, holy shit, look at all the great games. I hope so. I, I For me, when you read that list, right, I look at that list, and I in my head, if I were to contextualize that as if one publisher was making all those games, how would I view that publisher? And I would probably personally go... Okay, that pub- publisher is good to great, maybe not amazing, um, and a lot of that just comes That's with fair. the amount of swings that they're making. And the and I th- I think the swings are getting better and better as we go. But you know, like we mentioned, Avengers didn't hit the way it, it should have hit. Guardians of the Galaxy was good, right? Not incredible, but I think it was a solid good. And then also, and then Spider- the Spider Man games have been great. Um, what I I think what would make a Marvel games prime for me would be for, and this might just be impossible due to the nature of what Marvel games is, but for me to look at, look at them and go, Oh man, I feel the way about this the same way I feel about PlayStation first party, where Mm, if I can get mm, mm. two to three games a year that are, Oh, these are nines. These are eights to tens, right. Out of a black Panther game, out of a Spider-Man game, out of whatever other Marvel games that they're putting out then I think that would be the the magical place to be, be be with Marvel. But I don't know if we can ever get there because of how Marvel games works. And I yep. also don't know if that's a problem because what is what other choices they have? They're not going to start a whole publisher just to like do the stuff themselves. That's, and that's the, that's the argument there, right? Where PlayStation first parties are being held to a different standard because it is, of course, Herman being up there talking to people he not shit that studios he owns and operates right right and they're able to do this learn from each other yada 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 whereas yeah marvel games still being hey we're partnering with third parties to license our work and be a part of it you're going to get things that hit or miss on it but you're also getting to the point that you know it's marvel games and it's disney and it is let's make money and so it is going to be a bunch of mobile games that some of them hit for me and i love them some of them i would never touch some of them are sixes some of them are nines you know it'll be that whole range that is filling in the gaps between the big triple a tentpole stuff 
So final question that I want everyone to ponder and answer. What do you think is going to be the better video game? Wonder Woman or Black Panther? Oh, that's I'll, not I, fair. I'll, I'll, I can go first on this, and this hurts me to say, but I think it might be Wonder Woman. Like, I think Monolith just has a better... Uh, well, we don't know anything about this EA studio. Uh, it's a yeah. new, brand, brand new studio, and so I'm going off of the pedigree of EA. And right now, the one EA studio that I feel like is knocking it out the park is Respawn. And I do think that EA is looking toward Respawn to influence a lot of their upcoming single-player stuff. And if all goes well, and if... You know the amount of promotions they they've given Vince Zampella work out the way the way they wanted to. You know maybe maybe Black Panther hits and it is oh shit what Jedi Fallen Order is for Star Wars this is for Marvel and Black Panther that could be incredible, right? But I look at Monolith and I'm like well you guys put out Shadow of Mordor and that was a for me a fantastic video video game Shadow of War I think for the most part was good even though it had its problems but I do think that WB WB and Monolith as a unit both have a better head on their shoulders than EA as a publisher currently. Like it's hard, it's hard for me to look at that Black Panther game and get super excited. I hope it's good, and you know, I'm 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 pulling for it. But man, but uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know where, where it's going to end up landing. I think they're both in similar spots because isn't the rumor that the leadership of this Seattle studio is former Shadow of War and Shadow of uh, Mordor well, yes. devs? I think um, the lead director might be from uh, Monolith. Yeah, so I think they both have kind of a, a similar head on their shoulders. I, 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 I would prefer to play the Black Panther game just because it, the this premise that has been leaked interests me far more because it reminds Maybe me. People of, don't know what's the premise. The premise is that Black Panther is dead, and you are on your journey to become the next Black Panther, and it kind of reminds me of. Uh, sort of story beats that I enjoy a lot in like the Mass Effect Dragon Age games, becoming the first human specter or just sort of you are becoming uh, uh, through missions in this gigantic open world, getting that gaining that notoriety and kind of like visiting small villages and being like, oh, shit, you're going to be the new pa Black Panther, aren't you? Like that excites me a I lot more than what a uh, than what a, a Wonder Woman game would likely be. Um, but it's also just IP. I have more interest in Black Panther as an IP, but I can totally tell that throwing a shield, uh, throwing um, Wonder Woman's shield and having it bounce off of everybody probably is going to be dope as hell. And also, you know, murder people with your sword. That too, yeah. It'd be dope. What about the lasso? It'll be another cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And I think that's part of it, though. Like, you know, so the, to your to debate the question i don't think there's enough information on black panther to really be, go one way or the other with it but the fact that it is because it, it's a new seattle studio right isn't that the rumor yes mm -hmm. right there like i'm not saying that's a huge problem but it's always when it's a new studio that's like okay cool like do you guys have chemistry together do you is this one of the how much is getting left in the cutting room floor how, you know oh they've been on this triple a project and that triple a project like yeah Will this but, game be canceled <laughs> This is your first time working together on something. So what does that actually look like? Whereas Monolith has been around and again, has learned and made mistakes and I think learns from them and goes from it. I would say, yeah, you know, obviously I'm in the tank for DC, as you all know, but I do love Black Panther. But I would think right now, if I had to bet, I would say Wonder Woman is probably going to be the better game. But again, we know nothing about Wonder Woman either. But it's also that idea of just like, I feel in so many ways, like, you know, how we've kind of talked here too, that like, Warner Brothers knows WB Games, WB Interactive, right? Just the, the people who are at the top of the food chain of like, hey, we have a video, we have a bunch of video games. They're aware their backs are to the wall. 
they're aware that Marvel Games is putting out a whole bunch of games. And yeah, they're not all tens, but they're putting out a lot of games and making a lot of money. And what is what the fuck has WB Montreal been doing since Arkham Origins, right? Like, you know, like there's been a bunch of rumored and canceled projects that I've heard about and done things. And it's like, man, I would have loved to have played those games, but maybe they would. They, are you holding it to it needs to be a nine? What are your Metacritic? Where does it need to go? So I don't know. The Wonder Woman thing, I think, is a really cool idea. I think Wonder Woman hasn't gotten her due in video games in the same way I know Black Panther hasn't. He was great in Avengers, but obviously Avengers is his own thing. I think it'll be really cool to see her. And I think her gameplay especially on the success and the how much people love not even myself with how much i love her but how much people love cassandra and assassin's creed odyssey i think really does lend itself to a really cool template for what diana would look like i think the idea of this whole you know you're a person of two worlds with themiscara and uh the you know humans opens us up to a really cool spot of where you could fight i think one roman is a brutal warrior so i think having i mean if the game is going to double down and if we're talking about the Gal Gadot movies, right, have it have the that no man's land kind of moment, right, of taking the shield and d- d- fight, fighting back all the shit and having slow down to do that on Earth. And you're just fucking kill, knocking people left and right. And, you know, again, one room, it can be super brutal. I, I would imagine whatever the threat from Themyscira you're fighting are the more minotaur weird ass orc kind of things right and there you're just going to be fucking lopping off limbs and killing people left and right i think that could be really cool to give her that vibe to it and they've done that kind of thing before with shadow of mordor and shadow of war like they know how to get i mean the nemesis system is so fucking cool and i think it is so it is first off get me started on the nemesis Ah, fuck Nemesis was so cool. We've been saying that for ages, and then they fucking copyrighted it and haven't seen a lick of it since. Hey man, and that's the thing, right? Is like I think it's a it's a dated idea that if you didn't play those games at launch, like you don't even know what we're talking about necessarily. And then it's also a thing that it's behind. And I'm not, um, Andy. I swear we're not, I'm not doing it a bit or anything. It's behind a franchise that you're either into, or you're not into. And so I think there is a whole thing of locked away there. And like right Should now, superheroes it, yeah. are hot. Like they are still really popular, and they are bigger than ever. And so to bring that out and take all the learnings from those games and, you know, the misses of shadow of uh, war and put them into this and see, here's a wonder woman game that is bridging these two worlds. got an awesome combat system. You're going to, you know, fuck up these, whatever they are, parademons or whatever they're going to be from another world that then come back and have a grudge. And they have the, you know, the fucked up face and eye because you slashed them. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Tell well, me about you. What do you think? I mean, I think you guys are right on the money with this, where I think Wonder Woman is going to be the better game, most likely, but I am more interested in the Black Panther game. And the one thing that the hill that I'm going to die on, and I am totally understanding I might die on this hill, but I said this on Games Daily, and I just want to say it again, that I think that the Black Panther game, you're going to be T'Challa. I think that the Black Panther that died is going to be T'Chaka, and you. this is going to be them separating from the MCU, the MCU going a different direction. I think this is going to be them uh more similar to the guardians game where they're going to take comic storylines and kind of get a lot more nerdier and do the things that we're not going to see in the movies i think they're going to take the t'challa storylines and turn that into the game that's way more interesting to me than a wonder woman game but hey unlike greg i'm a marvel guy so that's something that i'm looking forward to and for the record yeah i'm right i'm right there with uh you and andy that like i I would prefer for the Black Panther game to be better. <laughs> you know, I do, I do not care about 
Can they both be great? Can they just both be great? I, I, I both would love for both of them to be great because I do like Monolith. Uh, mm, but I also, don't know about that. Man, I need, <laughs> <laughs> Weird I, need I need this Black Panther game to be awesome. But there's, I, I, for me too, with Black Panther, there's such a checklist of things that I need them to nail. You know, they say it's an open world game. I need that open world to be fire. I need that traverse to be fire. I need the style and the soundtrack and presentation to be fire. I also need their, like, this is the thing that I meant to bring up on games lately that I forgot to bring up. I also need there to be, like, you know, a good writing team and black folks working on the game because that that for me is what elevated the movie to to another level is the vision of Ryan Coogler and how well realized that um, movie was because they knew the right topics to touch on. They knew how to touch on those topics. They knew how to they knew how to like write that story. They knew how the characters needed to interact. And that's the thing that worries me a little bit about uh, um, um, this new EA studio. I hope that they have their the, the right heads on their shoulders regarding that um i i forget that they haven't officially announced it so they haven't even gotten the chance to like talk about this stuff or anything but <laughs> i hope i hope that when they do you know i hope that it is like oh by the way here's who's writing it here's who's leading it like we have the, we have the right folks for the job um that's another thing i think they'll need to nail uh nail as well that you know i, I it, a lot of it is tough with the black panther game i think even compared to the, sure. the wonder woman game so bless yeah. it's important to you that there's black writers on black panther oh yeah 100 percent and that's why you played the Avengers game, right? Because, of course, oh, I mean, wrote on that. So, I mean, like, if you want more of that, you should probably wow. support it when it happens. You know wow. what I mean? Let us know in the yeah, comments. Sit on the low. fucking sidelines. You know Pretty what I mean? Just asking for things. Then they give them to you, and you don't play them. Damn. Let us know in the comments what you think about Marvel games, DC games. Should there be PlayStation an Plus right now? You can that? play it right now. You can no, play I'm it not, right I'm now with PlayStation Plus. Shit. I'll drop with you tonight. I will help Let's you. You got your ass We are about to do our exclusive post show for the patreon.com slash kind of funny games, folks. Kind of beauty. I am really excited. This kicks off season three, I want to say. Yeah, of kind of beauty, and kind for everyone beauty, out yeah. there that doesn't know, it is one of my favorite things we do here at Kind of Funny. Uh, Greg Miller may or may not be the reigning champion. I don't know. You have to go watch to find out. But there is an entire backlist of ep- backlist backlog. Yeah, backlist of backlog. Thank you yeah. of episodes that you can go check out the post shows for the Kind of Funny Games cast. If you go to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, if you support, you get all of the previous episodes. So go check that out. But we are about to record a brand new one. Until next time. I love you all. Goodbye.